you've got a handout sheet that we want to walk through a talk called Defining Moments. Defining Moments. Now, if you watch the NCAA basketball championship, always at the end, they do what? What do they play? What's it called? One shining moment. And so they play the one shining moment. And this is the pictures of, of these great one shining moments that people have. And uh, in keeping it with that thought, I want to take a little bit further and talk about defining moments. Defining moments in your life. I've taken this from a book by Mike Van Hooser saying, making your life count for what matters most. And on the front of your card, you have a a quote from that uh, famous golfer (laughs) from the movie Tin Cup. And it says, when a defining moment comes along, you can do one of two things. You can define the moment or let the moment define you. I did not shrink from the challenge. I rose to it. Good old Roy Tin Cup McAvoy. Now, defining moments, there comes a time in almost everyone's life when the pressures of life's events push you into a corner to where you either rise to the occasion or you let the occasion define you. These are what are called defining moments. Now, you may look at it different ways. Defining moment, a moment that transforms you, a moment of decision, a moment of direction, a moment of determination, a moment to shine, a moment to serve, a moment to take your game to the next level, a moment to grow, or maybe it's a moment just to make a difference in someone's life. But it's a defining moment. And just the word moment, when you think of moment, do you think of something that's long or something that's short? Short, in just a moment, all right? And so it's short, it comes, and they come unexpectedly. And we don't know when they'll come, But our challenge is to be prepared for them so that we know how to respond whenever a defining moment comes. So let me give you some six points over here that hopefully you can carry on and uh, keep this in mind because we all are going to have defining moments. Number one, preparation for a defining moment begins with an expectancy that your life has meaning and that there is a plan for your life. Preparation for a defining moment begins with an expectancy that your life has meaning and that there is a plan for your life. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And so when you understand that you were created for a purpose and a mission and that God has a plan for your life, you are more likely to anxiously anticipate defining moments in your life. Because you realize that I have been created for a purpose. And so if I'm created for a purpose, then whenever a defining moment comes in my life, I want to be prepared for it because I want to take the step that leads me towards that purpose in life. Does that make sense? But if you don't believe that you've really got a purpose in life and that you weren't created for anything and that you're just going to be flowing left and right, whichever way the wind blows, then defining moments really mean nothing to you. But if I have that expectancy that I have been created with a mission and a purpose then I want to make sure that when those defining moments come, that I want to be able to make the right decisions to go there. I want to go to where my life is doing something meaningful. Uh, I've told you before, I met with a life coach back in 2001, a man up in Michigan. And I sat down with him for a a day and a half. And one of the things he did was he just took out this big butcher sheet of paper and he began to write my life from from the womb until uh, that age of 48 years of age. And he began to just walk me through everything. You just talk all about your life. And you talk about something. He's like a circle this. And he'd circle this. And he'd circle this. And what he did was along that way, he circled really defining moments in my life. 
And, and, and he said, this was one, this was a key point, this was a key point. And it was interesting because all along the way, I could see there were defining moments. And as I responded to those moments is what took me in the direction that I was going. Listen, preparation for a defining moment begins with an expectancy that your life has meaning and that there's a plan for your life. Number two, defining moments occur when preparation and opportunity collide. Defining moments occur when preparation and opportunity collide. Now, we could give endless illustrations. All I can do is give you the freshest one, and that happened on Friday night when Mississippi State played the Yukon Huskies women's basketball. They're in the NCAA. It's the Final Four. Mississippi State's playing University of Connecticut. University of Connecticut had won 111 games in a row. It had been 800 and I think 63 days since they'd even lost a basketball game. They didn't even know how to spell lost. And they were just winning, winning, winning. They were 20-point favorites over Mississippi State. They were the number one seed that they thought would win the whole thing. Well, Mississippi State played a game in order to get in the Final Four, and they played against Baylor, who was the number one seed of that region. And Mississippi State took them to overtime, and they beat them. And part of the reason they beat them was this little girl by the name of Morgan Williams, who they say she's 5'5", five, five, but they began to do some measurement to find out she's really only like about five two and a half. And so why a girl wants to say she's taller, I don't know. But uh, she would say, I don't know how tall I am, and they just printed 5'5", five, five, but she really is like five two and a half. She's a little five two and a half guard. She scored 41 points against Baylor. She scored almost half their points to win the game. She was unconscious. So then they come in and they play against UConn, and she has a good game, nothing up to the 41, but she's having a good game, and Mississippi State is hanging with these people and in fact they take them into overtime and then when they get into overtime and the game is tied and there's about like 10 seconds left and they bring, bring the ball down court and there's a little bit of confusion all of a sudden they get the ball to this little girl five two and a half she goes to the right of the key and she gets to the right of the key from 15 feet out she does a fadeaway jumper over gabby williams who's five feet 11 inches that's like nine inches taller than her with her hand up here she shoots it over her hand goes in the net they win the game and they upset university of connecticut and people go crazy and this little girl whose nickname is itty bitty that's a nickname that people have given her itty bitty well she's five two and a half she is itty bitty and uh i you know for me i don't like to hear what all the commentators say i just like to hear what the players and the coaches have to say so i'm a sucker to watch post-game conferences they interviewed them on the on the court and they were talking to her about that shot and one of the things that got me the most is two things she said. She says, I just want to thank uh, the coach here at Mississippi State for allowing me to play in the SEC. Everywhere else said that I was too short. But they said, we see something in you, we'll give you the opportunity. And so now this girl, who everyone else said too short, just had a game-winning shot that, was, that many have called the greatest upset in all of women's basketball. And then she said, when he's talking about, well, when you were thinking about that last play or about the shot, she said, oh, I wanted the shot. I wanted to take the shot. And so I read an article, and she says this. It's about having the confidence that I can make something happen. I live for moments like that. I live for moments. Here's that next statement. When you prepare, you look for the opportunity. When you prepare, you look for the opportunity. And I want you to keep that in mind because sometimes when you see sporting events and someone makes that statement, I wanted that shot, and you are like me saying, no way. I mean, I'd be so tight, I wouldn't even hit the, hit the rim. But you know why they were ready? Because of preparation. And when you prepare, you're looking for the opportunity. She says, give it to me. I'm ready to take the shot. All right? Number three, defining moments shape and mold your life and character. 
defining moments will shape and mold your life and your character. Look back over your life and you'll begin to see that some of those will shape your life and character. Best illustration is uh, William Wilberforce. William Wilberforce, hopefully you know the story of him in England, 1785, at the age of 26, he met a former slave trader who turned to be a preacher and a hymn writer whose name was John Newton, who wrote the song Amazing Grace. And when he came, his life intersected with John Newton. He made a decision to receive Christ as Savior, and it changed his life. But one of the things that changed was he began to see all men and women as equal. And he began to see the slave trade processes that were going on there both in, in England and all over the British Empire. And he felt convicted to say, I've got to do something about this. And so as a member of parliament for 20 years, he worked against all the current tide of, um, uh, of popular opinion, of pushing against that tide and saying that we need to abolish the slave trade. And after 20 years, finally, in 1807, the Slave Trade Act was passed and there was no longer slave trade in England. But there was still slave trade in all the British Empire, which was massive. So he then committed his next 26 years of life to work to try to stop that in the British Empire. His health was failing. He had to step away from Parliament, but he was still working on it until finally in 1833, the Slavery Abolition Act was passed. And three days later, he died. 46 years standing against injustice. What happened was there was a defining moment. It was when his life intersected with John Newton, and it changed everything. And he not only did that change his, his, his relationship with God, he came into a right relationship with him, it began to prepare him for another meeting he had about a couple years later with the man who was an abolitionist, and he put those two together, and all of a sudden he says, this is my life's work. Defining moments shape and molds your life and character. Number four, defining moments can redirect your life. Defining moments can redirect your life. Listen, whenever you have a defining moment, it will sometimes involve a change in direction or it could be a confirmation that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. When I went in 2001, I was questioning when I went and met with life coach, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? I had been pastor here for about a little over four years, and I had questions. Am I still supposed to be doing this? I'm in the right place. Am I doing the right thing? Is this the right situation? And the most amazing thing happened is that when he laid out my entire life and we looked at all these different defining moments, when he came to the end, I looked at him and I said, I was created for this. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. The challenges that are happening here in the position I have is what God has prepared for me ever since I was a teenager, and I could track it all the way. It was incredible. It was very freeing. And it said, this is what you're supposed to do. But oftentimes, a defining moment will come, and you'll realize, I need to redirect. I need to do something different. And I've got to have the confidence and the courage to make that decision. Alfred was a successful chemist, an engineer, and a businessman who invented dynamite. And he used it uh, for mining and construction companies to blast all the rock, to drill tunnels, and to build canals. And so everything was going great until all of a sudden the military got a hold of the dynamite. And then when the military got a hold of the dynamite, what they did was they used it to not just blast rock and drill tunnels, but what they did, they used it to blow up armies and to blow up towns and to blow up cities. 
And Alfred himself was a pacifist, and so he didn't support the misuse of his creation, but there was nothing he could do about it. As the military continued to use Alfred's dynamite as a destructive force, a defining moment occurred in 1888. His brother, Ludwig, died while staying in France. And so the French newspapers mistakenly reported the death of Alfred and not Ludwig. And in one headline, they said this, the merchant of death is dead. And when he read that line, it just grabbed his soul. And he said, I've got to do something about it. And he said, I began to see the legacy of my life, and I don't like what I saw. So in 1895, he rewrote his will, and he endowed $9 million to fund what would become known as the Nobel Peace Prize, as Alfred Nobel set aside money that would honor men and women all over the world for outstanding achievements in physics, chemistry, medicine, literature, and for their work in peace. Now, today, most people, if I said Alfred Nobel, you would think of what? the peace, and that he was the one that um, came up with the idea that we would give this peace prize, where actually, also, he was the one who invented dynamite. But he had a defining moment in his life where he made that decision, it redirected his life, and it has changed his legacy. And it's also called attention and honored people for pursuing peace throughout our world. Pretty cool. Number five, defining moments can propel you to a higher level of performance. Defining moments can propel you to a higher level of performance. For some people, the defining moment could be a near-death experience. You ever talk to people who've had near-death experiences? It's been in some kind of, it was an accident that they were in or something that just uh, all of a sudden they realized their whole life flashed in front of their eyes And when you get one of these near-death experiences, then all of a sudden priorities change. People began to realize that life is short and what is most important is maybe my marriage and so I become a better husband, a better wife. I realize that I've not been spending time with my kids so I become a better parent. There was a defining moment where what I did, it propelled me to a whole higher level of performance than I've ever had before. It could be a doctor's report that comes back and it says, hey, you keep going the direction you're going, you're not going to live more than nine months. You have a defining moment. And all of a sudden, someone says, I'm going to change my eating habits. I'm going to change my exercise habits. I'm going to change my sleeping habits. There is a defining moment, and it will propel me to a whole other level of performance. People have nagged me about it, and I hadn't listened to it. The doctor laid it out, and all of a sudden I said, this is it. (laughs) This is what I need. I am heading up to a whole new level. Well, there are a lot of things. It may be something where all of a sudden you're looking at your credit card bills and said, you know, that debt has grown and grown and grown. I've got to get physically responsible. And there was a defining moment. I've talked to a number of people who, from a financial standpoint, would tell you exactly when it was, what it was. When they looked around, they said, we're dying here. We keep going this path. We're going to lose our house and everything. And a defining moment. Well, one of my favorite stories, I think, is uh, is with Bart Starr and Vince Lombardi. Now, it's sad. I'm going to show my age because a lot of you are young, and you say, Bart Starr, is that like near Pluto? Is that one of those great stars over there? All right. Now, now Bart Starr was a famous, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He played at the University of Alabama, and then he went with the Green Bay Packers, and he's in the Hall of Fame. And his coach was a guy named Vince Lombardi. Now, for younger people, you may not know that, but that is, he was like the 
he's like the greatest coach of all time in the National Football League. I'll say that quickly because some of you Alabama people say, Bear Bryant. No, this is National Football League. All right, so in National Football League, he was the man. Everybody wanted to be like Vince Lombardi. And so Bart Starr was the quarterback. Vince Lombardi came to the Green Bay Packers in 1959. Somebody asked Bart Starr, said, what's your favorite moment from your illustrious career? And this is what he said. My initial meeting with Coach Vince Lombardi when he came to Green Bay in 1959, he invited about 12 to 14 offensive players to acquaint us with his offensive philosophy and terminology. After some introductory comments, he turned to us. He says, gentlemen, we are going to relentlessly chase perfection, knowing full well we won't catch it because nothing is perfect, but we are going to relentlessly chase it because in the process we will catch excellence. And he paused for a moment and he walked right up in our faces and he says, I'm not remotely interested in just being good. He says, we were jacked up. When he said that, we were pumped up. We said, we're going from here. He said, well, did that really change him, Danny? Let's just put it this way. Vince Lombardi, he coached for seven years. The Packers, they won the NFL championship five of those seven years. And the very first two Super Bowls that were ever played, Green Bay Packers were in there, and they won both Super Bowls. I say that worked pretty well. That was a defining moment, and it propelled them to a whole nother level of performance. All right, here's your last thing. It's this. Defining moments provide clarity and confirmation about direction and purpose. Defining moments provide clarity and confirmation about direction and purpose. What a defining moment does is it helps you become clear about your priorities and your direction. It's the time in your life when uncertainty turns to certainty and the next steps in the direction begin to become clear. These are the moments that define you as well as your future, and they set the course for the balance of your life. The secret of a great life is often your ability to discern the defining moments given to you, to understand them and learn to walk in the path that leads you to your ultimate destination. The saddest thing in life is when a defining moment comes and you let the moment define you rather than you take action on that moment. You got to be ready, folks, because those are the things that will give clarity to the direction for where you're supposed to go on the next step. You know, Blake McCoskey is just an amazing story. Uh, back in the early 2000s, remember that show called The Amazing Race? I think they may still have some of that. An Amazing Race Season 2, Blake McCoskey and his sister were adventurous folks. They loved to travel. They loved to hike and all that. And they signed up for The Amazing Race. And in Season 2, they were in The Amazing Race hoping to win the prize of $1 million. And they didn't win. They tied for third. They missed first place by four minutes. Okay, this is a race that takes you all around the world, and they missed it by four minutes. Well, he then kind of reconsidered what it was he was supposed to do in life, and a few years later, he traveled to Argentina, and he went to Argentina trying to figure out what does his future hold. And while he was visiting that country, he began to see needs of the local people, but he also noticed a pair of shoes that the workers were wearing. The shoes weren't flashy, and they really weren't the latest style, but they were very functional, and they were pretty cool. And he tried them. He liked them. So he also noticed that there are a lot of kids who didn't have shoes. So then an idea was formed. He says, what if a company could sell shoes and then give away shoes at the same time? He experienced a defining moment, and he said to himself, I'm going to start a shoe company. And for every pair I sell, I'm going to give one pair to a child in need. One shoe given away for every one shoe sold. 
And so by June of 2006, he had a staff of seven full-time employees, six salespeople, and eight interns. And the company that we know today is Tom's Shoes, and it means Shoes for Tomorrow. He developed a line of 15 different styles, and so by the fall of 2006, he had sold 10,000 pairs of shoes. So he took a team to Argentina in October, and he gave away 10,000 pairs of shoes to needy children across 2,200 miles through the Argentinian countryside. This was called a shoe drop. And what Blake says here is that that was another huge defining moment. Let me just read it in his words. The idea from Tom's came when I personally experienced seeing kids without shoes and I wanted to help them. But it wasn't until I actually took a group of volunteers and my parents and my brother and my sister to Argentina and we actually put the shoes on their feet. That moment when the first group of 100 kids were lining up to get the first pair of shoes on their feet and seeing my sister put shoes on children's feet or looking over and seeing one of my original interns putting shoes on children's feet, that was a very emotional and defining moment in my life. It was a moment where I realized I am no longer an entrepreneur, but this is my life calling. And he says, we're moving forward. I'm kind of glad he did because 10 years later, they have now given away 70 million shoes. <laughs> is that unbelievable? But there was a defining moment. And when that defining moment came, it gave him clarity to what their next step was going to be. We can look at our church. If you look at Shades Mountain Baptist Church today, and you can say, wow, this church, we're really into missions. There was a defining moment. It was in fall of 2000. Two laymen came into my office and they said, we've just gone to a conference that you need to go to. I had told them no a number of times and they just kept hammering me and hammering me. And I found I just gave up and said, fine, I'll go. When's the next one? They said, it's going to come up in a couple months and it's going to be over in Brandon, Florida. So I attended this conference. It was called a Global Focus Conference. I went to the Wednesday afternoon meeting. I saw what happened on Wednesday night. I got up on Thursday morning, went to the guy who was the president and founder of Global Focus. I said, you don't know me. My name is Danny Wood. I'm pastor of Shades Mountain Baptist Church. And what I saw on Wednesday night, I want to have it happen at our church. I haven't even seen the rest of this whole thing. Let's just go and set up a schedule. You come and, and teach our people. And we did a partnership with Global Focus. And in 2002, we had our first Global Impact Celebration. And we went from a church over 15 years who did a few things in missions to where over 15 years we've done ministry in all 50 states of the United States, and we have been in 80 countries around the world doing ministry. And over 1,300 people every year sign up to go on short-term mission trips, and over 170 people have left the comfort of over-the-mountain living to go work on mission full-time all around the world. All of that happened because there was a defining moment. And at that moment, I shudder to think if I, number one, if I didn't go on the conference, but if I went to the conference and I just said, nah, I don't know, God, it looks like that's too much for us to do. If I backed away from that, what a difference that would have been. It provides clarity and provides direction. Now, the last thing you've got in your handout, Easter is the biggest defining moment in history. Easter is the biggest defining moment in history. You give me anything that you want to talk about on history and say, I think this is the biggest. I think this is the biggest. I'll be glad to get in a great discussion with you. Easter was the biggest defining moment in history because what we celebrated Easter is what took place Friday through Sunday. And what happened on Friday when Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, was crucified on a cross, began to put into motion one of the most amazing things that has ever happened. 
And that is that every one of us was created by a holy God that wants to have fellowship with us and and have a relationship with us. But because he's holy and perfect and because we are imperfect and we sin and we do things wrong, that separates us from the holiness of God. And there's this breach, there's this chasm. And no matter how many good things we try to do, we can never equal perfection. So we'll always be separated. But God, because he loved us so much, says, I'm going to do something for you. Because you see, what's going to happen is you're going to die in your sins and you'll always be separated from me. So what I'm going to do is take my son and he's going to come live a perfect life. And because he lives that perfect life, we're going to take all the sins and place it on him. And he's going to die for your sin. He's going to pay the penalty for your sins and for my sins. And on Friday, what we call Good Friday, Jesus Christ died on the cross and he died. And if it had ended there, this story had been a very sad story because every one of us would still be lost in our sins with absolutely no hope of eternal life, of ever being connected with our creator, our heavenly father who loves us. But the cool thing about Easter is that on that day, that Sunday, God rose his son from the dead. He took him and he brought him back to life. And when Jesus came back to life, all of a sudden you look over there and you say, well, is death the strongest? No, Jesus is stronger. Is sin stronger? No, Jesus is stronger. He died for your sins. He's overcome death. And he provides a way for us to come into a relationship with God. And so we get this opportunity to where we talk about it to ask Jesus into your life. It means to say, I just turn my life over to you, God. And I I accept your son's sacrifice. It's a gift of grace that he's given us. And he says, I want to give you this gift. And if you accept this gift, then, you know, when you come to the father and the father says, well, Danny is such a sinner. Jesus says, hey, father, I've paid for his sins. And so when God sees me, he sees Jesus in me and he sees me as righteous. He sees me as one who has no sin and I can come into his relationship with him because of his son. I still mess up. But you know, Jesus has already paid for those sins. But I have got this relationship now with God, my father. And when I'm trying to understand what my purpose is and meaning is in life, then as I pray and his spirit speaks to my heart, he begins to direct me and help me to understand what these defining moments are and to live a life that has significance for him to where one day I'll take my last breath here and I will end up taking my first breath in heaven and I will spend eternity with him forever. But see, that's your choice that you have is whether you want to accept that gift or not. If you don't accept that gift, then what you're saying is, I'm just going to take a shot at it on my own. And I'm going to stand before God one day when I die with all of my sin and all the trash in my life. And he's going to say, I can't let you into my heaven. And you'll be separated for eternity. That's why Easter is the biggest defining moment in history because God shows his incredible love for us through the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. So I encourage you. When you think about defining moments in this, in this talk that we've had, this day in April, for some of you, could be your biggest defining moment ever. And that is, I'm going to get serious. I'm going to take a look at exactly what Danny said. And my hope is that you would say, you know what? I need to accept that offer of what Jesus has done for me on the cross. And I need to start that relationship with him. Okay? That's Easter coming up. It's going to be an incredible celebration, and I hope that that defining moment would happen in your own life. But keep your eyes and ears open because as you travel through life, there are going to be all kind of defining moments, and I hope you're prepared for them. And when you make those decisions in your particular defining moment, it will take you in the direction and hopefully be the direction for exactly what you're created for, okay? And if it is, you're going to love it because that's what you were created for. Listen, I hope you all have a great April, a great Easter Sunday, and we're going to come back. And the last uh, one we have before summer will be May, be the first Tuesday in May. You come back. We look forward to seeing you at Power Lunch. Thank you very much.